Welcome to the Naked Truth. Peace to you. We're going to pick up where we left off in the book of Leviticus. That's the third book in the Old Testament, the third book in the entire Bible. Um, and we're at chapter 14. And before we even begin, well, as we begin, you'll see the very first verse starts out with something that contradicts Christianity, even though it's in the Bible, too. So that's something you can keep uh, in your mind as you as we read to know that everything in the Bible is not Christian. Uh, there are many different religions in the Bible, like I always say. So let's begin. Leviticus chapter 14, verse 1. And the Lord spoke to Moses saying, so like I said, that first verse tells you right there something that contradicts other parts of the Bible, including the book of John in the New Testament, the fourth book in the New Testament with called the Gospels, where uh, it makes it clear that no one seen God's voice, seen God or heard heard his voice at any time, or at least that the people then hadn't heard his voice at any time, and that no one has seen God at any time. That's in the very first chapter of the book of John. So if you're going to believe this is the Lord speaking, the Lord God Almighty speaking, then it must be through some sort of device or way that we're that's not clear to us because it makes it really clear in the New Testament that that's not the case. But again, that's for Christians. This is for other religions. Uh, verse two, this shall be the law of the leper for the day of his cleansing. He shall be brought to the priest. So we went over the lepers and leprosy. And it's and when it says leper here, it's not talking about leprosy specifically only. It's talking about um, an array of skin diseases. And it's talking about now how the the ritual for once someone has been healed or cleansed of the disease that they're they were dealing with verse three and the priest shall go out of the camp and the priest shall examine him and indeed if the leprosy is healed in the leper so the priest acts as a doctor would in modern times examining the the ailment to see what condition the patient is in verse four and the priest shall command to take him for take for him who is to be cleansed to living and clean birds, cedar wood, scarlet, and hyssop. So this is going to go into the animal sacrifices that were required in the Old Testament of the religion, or at least one of the religions of the Old Testament. Um, and just again, so you keep it clear in your minds before Islam gets introduced into the Bible, like in the book of Hosea, uh, before Christianity gets uh not before Christ, but before Christianity is uh, documented in the Bible, and before even Judaism is begins in the Bible, what precedes all of those uh, religions or rituals, uh, rituals, religions, however you want to think of them, what precedes them all is what we call witchcraft in modern times, or um, uh, black magic, voodoo, roots, herbs, that sort of thing. Um, Wicca in modern times sort of covers a lot of those, but it's before all of them according to the Bible. Not before Jesus, like I said, but before the Christian uh, documentation in the Bible. It precedes them all. So animal sacrifices, blood ceremonies, all of that stuff, it goes all the way back to the beginning of the Bible anyway in Genesis. Um, so here we're getting more... Um, uh, of the rituals that are required for the different things in the religion. Verse 4, And the priest shall command a tape for him who is to be cleansed, two living and clean birds, cedar wood, scarlet, and hyssop. So this is the prescription for cleansing of the skin disease. 
verse 5, And the priest shall command that one of the birds be killed in an earthen vessel over running water. So it's starting, again, it's starting to sound like incantations and casting a spell and the ceremony involved in the ritual for the cleansing. Uh, verse 6, As for the living bird, he shall take it, the cedar wood and the scarlet and the hyssop, and dip them and the living bird in the blood of the bird that was killed over the running water. So I don't know how many religions are still doing this in modern times. I think um, people use medicines and other things, treatments to get rid of different skin diseases in, uh, in modern times. But this isn't about so much the medical end of it. It's about the spiritual uh, spiritual side of it and and the animals carrying the sin associated with the diseases that the people are suffering from or at least presenting the priests with. Verse 7, he shall sprinkle it seven times on him who is to be cleansed from the leprosy and shall pronounce him clean and shall let the living bird loose in the open field. So after the person's been diagnosed, quote unquote, by the priest as being clean or cleansed from the leprosy, if you think of it like if someone who has a uh, herpes or some sort of um outbreak of um of um a skin rash and then it goes dormant so it sort of clears up it's talking about once the person has cleared up and those um bumps uh disease the scales whatever the case may be has cleared up they get to be pronounced clean after a certain amount of time we went over all that in the previous reading so now it's referring to now the person's been cleansed so now they have to make an offering for that cleansing um, verse 8 he who is to be cleansed it says to be cleansed so it's almost as if this is a medical treatment for it um, but there's also an offering required for when the person is cleansed. But So let's go back. Verse 8. He who is to be cleansed shall wash his clothes, shave off all his hair, and wash himself in water that he may be clean. After that, he shall come into the camp and shall stay outside his tent seven days. So he's been socially distancing the person who was dealing with the sickness. And then this is talking about the period of time they have to stay separated from other people, um, isolated and when they can return to the community. Verse 9, But on the seventh day he shall shave all the hair of his head off his head and his beard and his eyebrows, all his hair he shall shave off. He shall wash his clothes and wash his body in water, and he shall be clean. So I'm not real sure why shaving all the hair off and being completely smooth uh, is associated with being cleansed, but... Um, here it's saying that that's the ritual for what must be done and sometimes it's because something uh like a spell is going to be done with the hairs but let's see verse 10 and on the eighth day he shall take two male lambs without blemish one ewe lamb of the first year without blemish three tenths of an ephah of fine flour mixed with oil as a grain offering and one log of oil so now you're getting down to the speeding ticket side of it. So the person has offended in the law, uh, the religious laws, um, by being unclean. Whether they had a choice in that or not, they are considered unclean. And to make up for that breaking of the law of being unclean and to get back uh, righteous, according to the religion again, you have to get, dig into your pockets and pay for it. Um, and you pay for it by having these animals and presenting them to the priest, the law enforcement of the time. 
Verse 11, And the priest who makes him clean shall present the man who is to be made clean and those things before the Lord at the door of the tabernacle of meeting. So the priest gathers the offerings that the person who's looking for cleansing of the of the from the leprosy um, to the tabernacle of meeting. That's basically where the holy stuff happens, where the holy people hang out. Verse 12, And the priest shall take one male lamb and af and offer it as a trespass offering and the log of oil and wave them as a wave offering before the Lord. So it's talking about the ceremony that has to take place and uh, with the ritual of the animal sacrifice. Verse 13, And he shall kill the lamb in the place where he kills the sin offering and the burnt offering in the holy place. For as the sin offering is the priest, so is the trespass offering. It is most holy. So, um, it says it's the priest, meaning that's who's going to get it. So, like we read previously, when people offer that flour or the oil or the animals, um, a memorial portion is offered to, quote unquote, the Lord or for the, the ceremony. The rest is the priest. So, you can imagine how quickly, even if just 100 people, although it's according to the Exodus, it's uh, more like uh, over a million. It's three quarters of a million of just a certain type of person as they exited Africa uh, from the slavery they were in. Um, but that wasn't counting all the other people that were with them. So if you could imagine if every one of them is bringing livestock, even just one goat to the priest, they'd have huge amounts, huge amounts of um, a property at this point. Um, verse 14, the priest shall take some of the blood of the trespass offering and the priest shall put it on the tip of the right ear of him who is to be cleansed and the thumb of his right hand and on the big toe of his right foot. So it's not real clear why it's focusing on the right ear, right hand, right foot and all of that. Specifically on the right, not both hands or both ears or both feet. And the whole thing about using blood to do it, you can imagine in modern times, the way diseases emerge, it's often from interacting too closely with bodily fluids. And they mutate many times, like in the recent pandemic, it's believed to, from mutations of people being too close to um, animals and their bodily fluids and um, excrement and then it allowing disease processes to mutate and spread. So if you can imagine a religion, if they're still doing this in modern times, which I'm sure if you look hard enough around the world, there are some that do, but you can imagine if they're sprinkling blood on things, animal blood at that, but any blood at all on things and, um, and making that common practice for person after person after person in a community, you can imagine where the what kind of disease state or least potential for disease uh, that area would be in if they're still actually doing this. And speaking of actually doing this, if you're gonna a person who thumps your Bible saying the whole Bible is God speaking and you have to do everything from Genesis to Revelation and it all still stands, well then why aren't you still doing this? I don't see any church. I've never been to a church that does any of this, and yet it's right here and. It probably will at some point say this is a perpetual statute, meaning you're supposed to be still doing it now if you believed it then. Verse 16, And the priest shall dip his right finger in the oil that is in his left hand, and he shall sprinkle some of the oil with his finger seven times before the Lord. So, um, 
Okay, so we did read that. So, uh, it's and it's not clear why the number seven is significant as about it being seven times any more than it being the right side of the, the body that gets the attention when it comes to anointings. But according to the requirements of this ritual, that's what's required. Verse 17, and of the rest of the oil in his hand, the priest shall put someone on the tip of the right ear of him who is to be cleansed on the thumb of his right hand and on the big big toe of his right foot up on the blood on the blood of the trespass offering so they've already uh, anointed those three parts of the body with the with the blood then on top of that where the blood is you're anointing it with oil on top of that on the person and again on the right um, right hand side of things verse 18 the rest of the oil that is in the priest's hand he shall put on the head of him who is to be cleansed so the priest shall make atonement for him before the Lord so uh, last after doing the blood ritual and the oil ritual as far as the anointings you they finish it up by pouring the rest of the oil on the person's head uh, verse 19 then the priest shall offer the sin offering and make atonement for him who is to be cleansed from his uncleanness Afterward, he shall kill the burnt offering. So the priest is doing all those things with the anointing of the oil, anointing of the blood, and um, and now um, killing the offering. Uh, verse 20, And the priest shall offer the burnt offering and the grain offering on the altar. So the priest shall make atonement for him and he shall be clean. So um, Jesus in the New Testament reflects back on um on these requirements when he heals someone who is diseased with leprosy and tells them to go make an offering um that Moses required as a testimony to them not because Jesus is saying not affirming that you should be doing those things whenever you get healed otherwise why aren't you going out there killing birds and offering them or making sure birds are offered to your religion so for your healing and your cleansing Jesus didn't tell him to do it for that reason. He's telling it, I believe, so that that religion wouldn't be able to, to deny the fact that he did do the cleansing. He did do the healing. Why would anybody spend money? Because the birds, the offerings aren't free. Why would anybody spend money for a lie? If it didn't actually happen, you would be hard-pressed to go ahead and spend money for a goat. A suckling pig is over $300 in, mo in modern times. So you could imagine... What even a small animal would cost someone to offer for cleansing. And if it didn't even happen in the first place, uh, to be offering that and waiting in line to make the offering just doesn't make sense. Um, but it's saying here that that's the process, the ritual for the cleansing. Verse 21, but if he's poor and cannot afford it, then he shall take one male lamb as a trespass offering to be waived to make atonement for him. One tenth of an ephah. A fine flour mixed with oil as a grain offering, a log of oil. So now it's prescribing the animals and supplies needed uh, for someone to, uh, for the same issue, but if they're impoverished, if they can't afford to pay for the things the other offering requires. Verse 22. Oh, some water, excuse me. Verse 22, and two turtle doves or two young pigeons, such as he's able to afford, 
one shall be a sin offering and the other a burn offering. So that's the two turtle doves or two young pigeons that gets reflected back on in the um, the New Testament when Jesus performs the cleansing of someone who is a leper and knew that Jesus had the power to do the cleansing, to do the healing. He just didn't know if Jesus was willing. So Jesus, um, he even asked Jesus, if you're willing, you can make me clean. It was a leper. Jesus says, Jesus puts out his hand and touches him and says, I am willing, be cleansed. So, um, and the person gets the healing, the cleansing that he was looking for. And then after that, Jesus tells him to go make this offering of the two turtle doves or uh, to young pigeons and specifically says as a testimony to them uh, verse 23 he shall bring them to the priest on the eighth day for his cleansing to the door of the tabernacle meeting before the Lord so on that eighth day after it's clear that he's actually cleansed of the leprosy because remember they have to socially distance and isolate for seven days at a time to keep getting re-examined to make sure the disease process is it is at least um on hold or dormant before they're allowed to integrate back into society so once that time has passed and that's on that eighth day um then he can go ahead and go to the door of the tabernacle meeting and make that offering for that cleansing verse 24 and the priest shall take the lamb of his of the trespass offering and the log of oil and the priest shall wave them as a wave offering before the lord so I picture that as someone picking, uh, you know, you taking up what you're going to offer and waving it literally, like lifting it up um, um, symbolically to the Lord for the offering. Verse 25, then he shall kill the lamb of the fur of the trespass offering and the priest shall take some of the blood of the trespass offering and put it on the tip of the right ear of him who is to be cleansed on the thumb of his right hand and on the big toe of his right foot. So again, with the right side being anointed. And the priest shall pour some of the oil into the palm of his left hand. So again, pouring oil in his hand, probably getting ready to sprinkle it. Verse 27, and the priest shall sprinkle with his right finger some of the oil that is on in his left hand seven times before the Lord. So again, with the number seven um, to do the sprinkling of the oil. Verse 28, and the priest shall put some of the oil that is in his hand on the tip of the right ear of him who is to be cleansed on the thumb of the right hand and on the big toe of his right foot on the trespass, on the place of the blood of the trespass offering. So on top of that um, bloody spot, you anoint it with that oil for the person who's being um, cleansed, relieved of the disease they're dealing with. Verse 29, the rest of the oil that is in the priest's hand, he shall put put on the head of him who is to be cleansed to make atonement for him before the Lord. So um, after you get the cleansing or after the cleansing ritual is done, the oil that's left over that wasn't in the priest's hand, that wasn't sprinkled on people, then gets offered as an atonement offering. Um to the Lord, and he shall offer one of the t- turtle doves or pigeons, such as they as he can afford. So, um, saying if you can only afford one instead of two, then that's fine. If you can only afford those two instead of the one goat, then that's fine. <clears throat> Excuse me, verse thirty-one. It's based on whatever you can afford. Verse thirty-one, such as he is able to afford, 
The one is a sin offering, and the other is a burnt offering with the grain offering, so the priest shall make atonement for him who is to be cleansed before the Lord. So to get cleansing, to make yourself right or righteous before the Lord, it says you have to do those things, or the people have to do those things. You have to permit on site, permit one cleaning, cleaning basically, permit someone there to do be the cleanup woman and go up after the offerings and clean it all up and make sure the animals are um, um, caged or put up in, in the place where they can't keep making a mess around the people. Verse 32, this is the law for one who had a leprous sore who cannot afford the, the usual cleansing. So if someone runs on hard times or is just poor perpetually, they have that as an option to still be faithful to offer those two young pigeons instead of um, a lamb. <clears throat> Excuse me, verse 14. Then the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron saying, and we went over that speaking too already. When you have come into the land of Can, Canaan, which I give you as possession, and I put the world, and I put the leprous plague in a house in that hour, in that hand, in that land of your possession. So it seems the Lord is the one who sets people up for failure, uh, at least to that, in that sense of sending snakes around people. Um, and letting them end up leprous. Whereas you would think, uh, walking with God so closely that you get to see pillars of fire and clear pillars of smoke uh, by day and by night and by day, so that you can travel, it would seem unlikely that the same Lord that sees to all that would allow people to walk around so green and misinformed, thinking, oh no, the Disney's today is, 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 is Easter. Um, Let's see. Verse 34. I'm sorry, verse 33. And the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron, saying, So again, more conversations with the Lord, even though we know it says they've not heard the Lord at any time. Verse 34. When you come into the land of Canaan, which I give you as a possession, and I put the leprous plague in the house in your land, in the land of your possession. So it seems... Um, it's the Lord who gets to be behind even the disease spreading. Because it, why else would he say uh, when he puts it in um, their possessions, it's almost as if um, the Lord is saying even the plagues are uh, God's doing and by design in that big picture. Um, verse 25, and he who owns the house comes and tells the priest, saying, "It seems to me that this is a this is some plague in the house." So if the homeowner realizes that there's mold or fungus um, recurring in their dwelling, then they can kind of surmise and figure it out that it's it's not good. It's considered what they'd consider unclean. Verse thirty-six. Then the priest shall command, and they reply to empty the house before the priest opens and sits and examine. Let me start that again. And the priest shall command that they empty the house before the priest goes into it, into it to examine the plague, that all that are in the house may 
not being made clearer, clearest. Wait, no, let me see. Okay, let's read out again, verse 36. And the priest shall command that they empty the house before the priest open, before the priest goes into it to examine the people, that all that is in the house may not be infected, made clean, or make unclean, and afterward he, the priest shall return. And afterward, the priest shall go in to examine the house. So after the ritual, the priest gets to return and go and check out the house, I guess, for demonics to see if it's still possessed. Uh, verse 37, and he shall examine the plague. And indeed, if the plague is on the walls of the house, with and grain breaks, greenish or reddish, reddish, which appear to be deep in the wall. So it's talking about the sores appearing on people. Verily, that disease that they're dealing with is potent enough to mutate and appear on humans. And, um, let's see. Verse 38, then the priest shall, all, shall go out of the woods. Then the priest shall go out of the house and to the door of the of the house, Aaron and his shut up, shut up house, seven days. So, if they realize they're lepers, and um, have that outbreak, they're supposed to go uh, hang out with Aaron. That's again Moses' brother, who's acting as the intermediary, the priest to God. And telling people what it is they should be doing. Verse 39. And the priest shall come again on the eighth day and cook. Yeah, I made it. Sorry about that. Lost track there for a second. Let's see. We're at verse 30. Where did it go? Verse 30, I believe. Yeah, let's begin again in verse 30. And he shall offer one of the turtle doves or young pigeons such as he can afford. Um, so again, it's if you if someone is uh not so affluent that they can afford to make those other offerings, that they uh make this offering instead of the turtle doves. Um, verse 31, such as he is able to afford the one. As a sin offering, another as a burnt offering with the grain offering. So the priest shall make atonement for him who is to be cleansed before the Lord. So it's up to the priest to do the offering and the um, ritual. This is the law for one who has had a leprous sore who cannot afford the usual cleansing. So doesn't it start to sound a lot like a business? You have to have the money or the wherewithal to be able to even come up with these animals to make the offering and not a, but for not for you to make them, but to hand them over to the priest to make them. And <clears throat> excuse me. And then even if you and if you can't afford, say, like the goat or the cow or the lamb, then you can do birds instead. 
thank God Christianity came along where you just have to ask, repent and be forgiven. Um, not all of this stuff with the animals and the blood. Verse 32, this is the law for one who had a leprous sore who cannot afford the usual cleansing. Verse 33, and the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron saying, well, again, it's according to the narrative, the Lord having conversations with people directly, even though that contradicts what other parts of the Bible says. And um, just in case you don't know, Moses is the Ten Commandments. Moses and Aaron is his brother. When you come into the land of Canaan, which I give you as a possession, and I put the leprous plague in a house in the land of your possession. So it's, uh, according to that, it's the Lord who's spreading the plagues and uh, allowing them, and even placing them there on the societies and in the places where they spring up. Uh, verse 35, and then telling you how to deal with it when God, when the Lord does it. I mean, if that makes sense to you, let it make sense to you. Verse 35, and he who owns the house comes and tells the priest saying, it seems to me that there's a some lepra, some plague in the house. So if the person, the homeowner, the person living there, a resident, sees the the outbreak of mold, fungus, or whatever uh, else it may be infecting the house, like you see green on the walls all of a, a sudden, um, usually it's because it's uh, water damage, but it could be other things. But if someone notices it and thinks that that's the case, then this is what they're to do. Verse 36, then the priest shall command that they empty the house before the priest goes into it to examine the plague, that all that is in the house may not be made unclean. And afterward, the priest shall go in to examine the house. So first, you uh, when they realize that there's some sort of spreading mold or fungus or disease happening with their in, within their house, say like on a couch or a bed, then get everything else out of there so that it doesn't get contaminated too. Verse 37, and he shall examine the plague, and indeed if the plague is on the walls of the house with ingrained uh, streaks, greenish or reddish, which appear to be deep in the walls. So again, it sounds like it's a mold or fungus that's growing on the walls. The priest is to examine it and for color and, you know, uh, location. Verse 38, then the priest shall go out of the house to the door of the house and shut up the house seven days. So the house, just like people, has to be isolated or contained for seven days to try and contain the contamination. And also to see if it's uh, active or if it's just something else going on. Verse 39, and the priest shall come again on the seventh day and look, and indeed if the plague has spread on the walls of the house, so after the seven days if the priest returns and sees that um, the mold or mildew or or, um, or fungus that was growing on the walls has spread, let's see, <clears throat> excuse me, I keep losing my space here going back and forth between the apps. Um, Okay, yeah, so verse 40. Then the priest shall command that they take away the stones in which is the plague, and they shall cast them into an unclean place outside the city. So if it has spread, um, but only to, uh, say, think like bricks or stones, uh, pavement, and you see it uh, springing up 
in part of on part of that, then take the parts that are infected out is what it's saying to do and um, put them someplace unclean. So like the city dump verse 41 and he shall cause the house, which actually can be another uh, place where they'll mutate and spread rather than burning them, just containing them all to a certain area. And then letting them uh, mutate is probably not a great idea either in modern times. Um, but it's what it's saying to do. Verse 41, and he shall cause the house to be scraped inside all around and the dust that they scrape off, they shall pour out in an unclean place outside the city. So if the if you can imagine the walls were of stone and you see that green or um, brown fungus or mold breaking out on them. You take out the bricks that were infe infected, the stones that were infected, where it had spread, um, and or and scrape the walls to get them off that way. The du uh, the very dust of them off the walls, and then off to the city dump they go. Also, verse forty two. Then they shall take other stones and put them in the place of those stones. And he shall take other mortar and plaster the house. So like, um, it sounds to me like bricks. So if you see the plague breaking out and a few bricks, take them out to keep it from spreading to the rest of the bricks. Um, get rid of those bricks it, um, to the dumpster or, you know, by fire so that it doesn't spread and then replace them. Verse 43, now if the people, if the plague comes back and breaks out in the house after he's taken away the stones, after he's scraped the house, and after it is plastered. So if you've done all those things, scraped the mold off the wall, took the bricks out the wall, and, um, and cleared up any evidence that you could see of the mold and uh, fungus spreading. Um, verse 44, then the priest shall come. And look, and indeed, if the plague has spread in the house, it is an act of leprosy in the house, it is unclean. So if even after all that ceremony of getting rid of the stones that you saw that infection on, because that's what they are, um, if it returns, then that means it's, there's, just like with other diseases, it's not necessarily visible how it's spreading, but it is still spreading. Like it can be carried in the air. Uh, when someone coughs or sneezes or doesn't wash their hands and spreads it from surface to surface like salmonella handling a raw chicken and then going in and touching a doorknob for instance um things will spread that way verse 44 and the priest shall come and look and indeed if the plague has spread in the house it is an act of leprosy in the house it is unclean so the priest returns to see what the status is the progress report of the plague and if it's spread that's not good he shall break down the house its stone its stones its timber and all the plaster of the house and he shall carry them outside the city to the unclean place so someone could even lose their literal home if the plague breaks out in it according to the religion they aren't allowed to just sit there and live with it because it's contagious and uh, it's a community that people are a part of. So just ignoring it isn't an option. Well, it's an option, but it won't last very long and it certainly won't do much good. So it's saying um, once if they follow the, the orders of these statutes, then taking the um, ashes, the plaster, 
to an uh, outside of the city to the unclean place, say like the city dump, is what's next. Verse 46, moreover, he who goes into the house and all at all, while it is shut up, it shall be unclean until evening. So um, if people are going into the house of someone with the plague, I can't really see them doing that. And if they do that, it'd be crazy to think that they'd be doing it um, for profit. But that's probably exactly what it would take to get some people to do it. Um, let's see. Verse 47. And he who had, lies down in the, in the house shall wash his clothes. And he who eats in the house shall wash his clothes. So say you go over to someone's house. And they've got those um, critters, those bugs going on. Uh, it's not necessarily for you to start cleaning their place, especially without asking. Um, but it's also not for you to stand around filth. So if it turns out that... Um, if, well, according to this verse, once you wash your hands and or wash your clothes, then... Um, then you get to get closer back to being cleansed to being pure according to religion but if a if the priest comes in and examines it and indeed the plague has not spread in the house after the house was plastered then the priest shall pronounce the house clean because the plague is healed so if they go back after the time period and notice that there's no spreading of the mold it hasn't gotten worse then they can pronounce it clean after that and especially after one more test, the mouth swab, um, they get to get pronounced clean. Verse 45, I'm sorry, verse 49. And he shall take to cleanse the house two birds, cedar wood, scarlet, and hyssop. So now for the house cleansing, it's a yet another spell with two birds with wood in the house. Verse 50, Then he shall kill one of the birds in an unclean place, in an unclean vessel over running water. So the only way, reason I could think of with the water, running water would be why that would be necessary. It might be, excuse me, to um, drain the blood and fluids from the creature that's been sacrificed so that when it is sacrificed it can consume completely but it's not real clear why that's the case but um so it sounds like and then he shall kill one of the birds with an unearthen with an earthen vessel over running water so again with the running water and again with the sacrifice so now they're up to the third verse third bird and one of them has been sacrificed and the lord spoke to moses And he shall take the cedar wood, the hyssop, the scarlet, and the living string and hard and and he shall kill one of the birds in an earthen vessel over over running water. And he shall take the cedar wood, the hyssop, the scarlet, and the living bird and dip them in the blood of the slain bird and the running water and sprinkle the hose seven times. 
So even though it's the Lord calling for uh, the blood sacrifices of the birds and them being killed, now it seems right after that you're going to turn around and feed them. Verse 52, and he shall declare the house with the Lord with the blood. Cleanse the blood. Wait, and he shall cleanse the house who with the blood of the bird and the shining running bird of the fire bird and the white zeer leprechaun. And he shall cleanse the house with the blood of the bird and the running order and the living bird with the seer cleansing hyssop and all the garlic. And he shall cleanse the house with the blood of the bird and the running water and the living bird with the cedar wood, the hyssop, and the scarlet. So, another description of the animal sacrifice to be made. Then he shall set the living bird loose outside the city in the open field and make no atonement for it. Whatever that bird. Uh, atonement for the house, and it shall be cleansed. So, Killing the bird makes up for their own sins. Likewise, the 15. Then, now this is the law of any leprous sore and audible. So now it seems there's a common law, a regular law, laid out for someone who is leprous. Verse 14. Luprous. Verse 54, this is the law for any leprous sore and a leprosy and a leprous. Let Levi four, uh, 14, verse 56, for a swelling and a scab and a bright spot. So if you get those skin conditions, here's what's to be done. To watch when it is unclean and move when it is easier. They use this is the few ways of the prophecy. Right, um, verse 53. Oh, wait, sorry, skip one again. Let's go to verse 50. Then he shall kill the one of the birds in an earthen vessel over running water. So again, with the birds being killed, and I'm not sure the significance of the running water either, but um, that's how it's, the ritual is to be done. Verse 51, and he shall take the cedar wood, the hyssop, the scarlet, and the living bird, and dip them in the blood of the slain bird and in the running water, and sprinkle the house seven times. So again, with the number seven and the sprinkling of blood and stuff over what's to be cleansed. Verse 52, and he shall cleanse the house with the blood of the bird and the running water and the living bird with the cedar wood, the hyssop, and the scarlet. Um, 
So, uh, like I said, if you're living by the whole Bible and trying to do all of this, mm, I don't know how you can avoid disease, and especially in modern times, but it's what it's saying to do. Verse 53, then he shall let the living bird loose outside the city in the open field, make atonement for the house, and it shall be clean. So one bird gets um, sacrificed, with it, pays for it with his life. Another bird gets set free, sort of like a scapegoat for um, the human sins. Um, let's see, verse 54, this is the law for any leprous sore and scale. So that's what's supposed to be done if someone breaks out with the leprosy or uh, scaly skin disease. Verse 55, for the leprosy of a garment and of a house, so not just the person, but also uh, clothes and houses, like on the walls, the molds and funguses on the walls. Verse 56, for a swelling and a scab and a bright spot. So for those conditions also, uh, there's skin diseases that get lumped under the umbrella of leprosy. Verse 57, to teach when it is unclean and when it is clean. This is the law of, lepr of leprosy. Um, so, it, so it's saying that's what must be done when those conditions pop up in a person or in a garment or in a house. It's um, it's considered unclean rich, spiritually. So you have to go through this ritual to cleanse it spiritually and the priest has to be uh, be the one doing these things like a doctor would in giving the treatments and that actually ends this chapter and this reading i'm sorry there were breaks in it um it's these verses can be so uh, tedious to read uh for me um i'm not that great a reader in the first place but reading these that don't apply to christians and um they're just so repetitious and so long. It's almost 60 verses that sometimes they send me off. And I apologize for that. But um, I appreciate you reading along with me as usual. I hope it was a blessing for you. And I hope you'll join me again. We do the Old Testament readings on Mondays and Wednesdays. And um, we focus on what Jesus has to say. Since I, again, self-identify as a Christian, specifically red-letter Christian, we do those readings on our Saturday readings. You can hear them um, on this platform, Spotify and Anchor. Um, or if you're an adult, you can go to my platform. It's free, hungtgirl.com, and click on the links there. To find out all about me, your human messenger, um, um, body, mind, spirit, and soul, as much as I can let you know there. And you can also um, see the past readings of The Naked Truth, Read along with me as the text is also there for the gospel readings on the um, spirit and soul pages specifically on the site. You can click on the photos, the pictures on the site. They're actually videos and it gets free and um, get to know us better. Maybe even see some people you know there um, and join me again if you will. Stay safe and thanks again. God bless you and peace.